You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci Fi Five. Five minutes of science fiction history for November 17th. Depending on who you ask, there are some things that just don't go together. Pineapple and pizza, for example. Wine and chocolate. Or how about this? The biggest sci-fi movie franchise in history and primetime TV variety shows. You know where this is going. You know what day this is. It's Life Day! The most sacred Wookiee holiday of the year. Today is the day in 1978 that CBS put on our screens what may still be the two most controversial hours in Star Wars history, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Now, rather than bashing away at the Star Wars Holiday Special, which has been done plenty of times, it might be more useful to look into the conditions that led to it happening in the first place. It has long been common practice for the major studios to bring big screen successes to the small screen. MASH, The Odd Couple, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Mr. Belvedere, all of them based on movies. This was a harder sell, though, because sci-fi, even when it's a hit in the theaters, isn't the easiest sell on TV. Witness the very brief runs of such TV adaptations as Planet of the Apes, Logan's Run, Time Cop, Alien Nation, Total Recall 2070, Beyond Westworld. It's quite a casualty list. And the odds against success are even worse if the idea is to crank something out really quick, partly to promote an upcoming sequel and remind everyone that there's going to be more than just a single movie, and partly to cash in on that popularity. And the story gets even stranger when you find out that the Star Wars Holiday Special we got wasn't even how the Star Wars Holiday Special started on paper. That story, after this. The variety show template was always what the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special was built on, but what kind of variety show? For that, you'd have to ask the director originally chosen to be behind the camera of the Holiday Special, David Akamba. A film school classmate of George Lucas at USC, Akamba was hand-picked by Lucas with the idea of making the holiday special seem like something other than a variety show. Akamba's vision for the special, in his own words from an interview on StarWars.com that has since been deleted, was more like a rock musical, though time and budget were against him. He originally wanted Jefferson Starship and the Electric Light Orchestra, but he couldn't have both. After directing the Jefferson Starship video that's awkwardly jammed into the show, as well as the musical number with B. Arthur as the cantina's new bartender, and bringing Canadian animation studio Nelvana on board to provide Boba Fett's first on-screen adventure, Akamba was out as director, and the producers didn't try to convince him to stay. Replacing him was Steve Binder, whose resume included episodes of the Shields and Yarnell show and the December 1968 TV special that had revived Elvis Presley's career. It was Steve Binder's job to shoot segments and sketches with Harvey Korman, Diane Carroll, and Art Carney. Oh, and Binder had to contend with the cast members of Star Wars itself, who were beginning to wonder what they'd gotten into. With a writing staff full of veterans of everything from other primetime variety specials to the Carol Burnett show to Broadway, the holiday special did get made, 
but it hit the airwaves on this day in 1978 looking like any other primetime variety show, except with more Wookiees in its cast. With the turnover of directors, the script-by-comedy committee, and cast members who weren't happy to be there, honestly, maybe what's amazing is that the Star Wars Holiday Special wasn't actually worse. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for November 17th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.